It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One, two. Welcome to Bruisers, a podcast about beer, coffee, booze, and bruisers. I am your host, Rody John, and today we talk to Joe Martinez. We talk about being a ring announcer for UFC, baseball, and so much more. This is such a fun conversation. Joe and I really get uh, deep into a lot of different topics. I, I mean, I talked about, you know, two big ones off the top. But again, that so much more is, in fact, so much more. I love talking to Joe. I could, uh, you know, next time I'm in the Vegas area, I'm talking to Joe for days. I mean, maybe not days. He's got things to do. But at least for hours, at least. Hopefully we go out to dinner or something. But uh, you're going to love this conversation I have with Joe Martinez. But first, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. It comes out twice a week. You get even more information about our guest, you get fun facts, and you get to find out even more about your favorite podcast, all about beer, coffee, booze, and bruisers. So without further ado, here is Joe Martinez. I would like to welcome the show, Joe Martinez. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, what's up, John? Good to be here. How are you? Doing well. Now, uh, this is a phone interview, but uh, as people are listening to this, they might be out, you know, living their life. Uh, kind of paint a word picture. Where are you right now? What's going on around you? Uh, I was actually in the backyard here in uh, Vegas building a gazebo. <laughs> oh, very nice. Are you doing it by hand? Yeah, I'm just about finished. Uh, just got to put some final screws in and we'll call it a day. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time out for the to talk to me. Absolutely, man. Anything for you. Oh, well, that's, that's just sweet of you. Well, if that's the case, come build me an gazebo. I need something in my backyard. Yeah, I'm pretty cheap, too. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Next time next time you're in Texas, I'll definitely have you do that. Yeah, just feed me. You got to yeah. get me down there, too. Some good steaks. Give me that Angus. Texas Angus. I'll get in contact with Nolan Ryan. I think we can make something happen. Uh, he, you know, he's our, definitely our, our beef person down here. Speaking of him, man, great documentary on him. I love that one. Nolan. I mean, he's just such a – he's a good dude. And, like, his uh, like his career just spans, like, obviously decades. But it's just absolutely amazing what he has been able to do. And 
I mean, a lot of it, you know, I obviously here in the DFW area, so I know mostly about what happened with the Rangers, and I was at the game where, you know, he beat up uh, Robin Ventura, and then, you know, the bloody lip, and, the, the you know, he had so many strikeouts and so many records here, but, like, it obviously goes back to Houston, and then obviously the, the Mets, and it's just, like, such a long history. And then what he did after retiring, you know, helping with the Rangers here, helping with the Astros, um, get their program to where they are now. And it's just, you know, and he's still going at it. I think he still owns the Brown Rock team and helping those kids down there. Yeah. No, he's definitely given a lot to the game. And, and I love that. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of athletes today become, you know, you can't, it's easy to become selfish because the world loves you. And, but what do you do in the end? I mean, that's really, that's really what the impact is. What you do now matters, but. What are you after the career's over with? You know, some just like to disappear and into yeah. obscurity and and live their life, which is great. You know, who wouldn't want to do that? Right. But when you can give back <laughs> your talent, share that talent with others, and and build people up. I mean, that speaks volumes about people's character. Yeah, I almost thought for a while that that's what Derek Jeter was going to do. He was just going to kind of you know go off into yeah. you know living in the. It's true, but I mean, he's he's doing he's giving back now. Obviously, he's he's not just a talking head, but he's actually giving knowledge to people so they can understand when they're watching the game as well. Because I mean, that docu series also was absolutely amazing, and it's just almost like a tip of the iceberg as to what you really could have talked about when it does come to Derek Jeter and his impact on the game. Yeah, yeah. No, there's several good dudes out there. We had we had one guy, I announced pro ball for 22 years in the Padres system, 17 with the Padres and eight with the Angels, or five with the Angels. And uh, we had one guy, Khalil Green, he came out of Clemson. He was a Golden Spikes winner, and, you know, number one draft pick guy. Um, just real to himself, did his thing. And, you know, once he retired, nobody's even heard from him since, you know, and he's still young. He, he's probably not even 40 yet. Wow. Uh, and I appreciate that, you know, but. He made his money and, and he, but he was always a bit reclusive. You know, he wasn't a, a look at me kind of guy, just did his thing and baseball was a way to, to, you know, make a way for himself. Um, and then he was just happy when it was all over with to, to be out of it. Right. But yeah, just a decent dude who had, who had some pretty good skills and uh, did what he needed to do to get where he wanted to be and, and then call it a day shut it down and live the rest of his life in, in peace. And that's the thing is you can make the money and just be able to do that. Like that's, that's, that's kind of the dream right there as well. I mean, make your impact where you can. And then afterwards, just kind of, like you said, kind of go out into obscurity and not be really heard from again, except for, Oh, I think I see him at the diner or maybe sometimes I see him in the grocery <laughs> store, something like that. Yeah. Big old mountain man beard, don't recognize anybody wearing glasses with a beanie <laughs> on. <laughs> Looking like a uniform with a beard. Right. But less crazy and hopefully a bigger house than that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to touch on your your baseball background, as you just mentioned, like 22 years. That's insane. Now, being the announcer, so I was on the grounds crew for the Texas Rangers for five years, and – I know for a fact that there's three things that are always going on on the field, either seeds, bubble gum, or tobacco. Now, as an announcer, obviously, you kind of need 
you actually have more access to water than the than the guys on the field. Did you ever get three any of those vices going, or was you just you just kind of stayed away from those? No, I, I wish I could see I didn't, uh, but I did stay away from No, when when we were young, we were kids, and one of my buddies brought some tobacco. We had some hawking, and we started dipping. You know, red man, and you put bubble gum on it like Lenny Dykstra, and you just you wanted to be <laughs> who you saw. And yeah, so you know, got into that yeah for a bit, and um, yeah, don't recommend it. Any kids listening out there, stay away from all that stuff. You know, just play the game and and, and stay healthy. Drink water. Yeah, drink water. Yeah. Chew seeds. Chew bubble gum. You know, working in baseball too, I, I had an opportunity to to run with the grounds crew. You know, after a game mm. one day, and, and you guys put some work in. You know, and and I know as uh, as grounds crew guys, they must absolutely hate seeds. Uh, anybody uh, muddying up the dirt, you know, you got to broom the edges and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. It's just a it's a labor of love, is what I would call it, because I would not want to do that on the daily. Not at all. It, tr- it truly was a labor of love. Like, yeah, obviously I got paid to be there. But it, for me, it was like I get to be on the field with the Texas Rangers and all these other amazing athletes are, and I get to watch these games and get paid to do it. And that's just one of the most amazing things ever. And what's really yeah. cool, obviously, you know, you get there. We got there like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours before the game. So crowd's not really there. Some crowd's there to watch the batting practice. And then you start seeing everybody start filing in and then everybody leaves afterwards because you're still there and you got to take care of the field. Like you said, you got to broom the edges. you got to chalk up. You're going to pick up the chalk line. you got to make sure the mound and the home plate, There's all those holes are out and it looks like you could play a game right then. And it's, I think the whole process was really something that, you know, it's, it's truly time consuming and there would be a lot of times people would be like, Oh, what time do you get off? I'm like, well, so after yeah. the last out, maybe add another hour and a half, and then I might right. be done. Yeah, I give you, and I then, give you a range, but yeah, right. maybe, maybe not hit that one. <laughs> yeah. It was always a funny question I got. I was like, um, I'm not sure. There is no set schedule when it comes to this. 22 years of my wife still asks me what time will you be home. You know, right. I give her, I, you know, third out, I'll shoot her over a call and, hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 58 minutes. You know, I know, I knew the timing to get from the stadium to my house, you know, into the driveway. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny sitting up and, you know, we do first pitch and anthem and all that. And, and uh, the first pitch was always the one I would watch because that's the one where I'm, I know the groundskeepers like, Stay off my mound. Don't go on my mound. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's the baby right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Peter Hayes. Yeah. Working here in North Texas, like, that's the other thing is, I, you know, I worked at the old stadium where it was, there was no roof on it. So in North yeah. Texas, in April, in May, there's going to be just pop up rain. Literally, nothing's forecasted. All of a sudden, you have a downpour. And so you got to run out there. You got to make sure that tarp's on. I, of course, have been one of those that got stuck under the tarp because I hit an air pocket face first, mm. pulled right on top, yeah. and you can't stop, so you just got to keep going, and then you got to find your way out from underneath. You know, I like to say I got a standing ovation at the ballpark, <laughs> which very few people can say that. So, and then you know, double headers and uh, just 
all the weather in general. And then it always happened to where it was dollar hot dog night and we'd have the most wind that we'd ever have. And so all the rappers are on the field. So in between innings, you got to run out there, grab as much trash as you can, and get off before they start playing again. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Now, I read that you have a bachelor's art, bachelor's of arts in communication. What was the goal when you were going through college and getting that? Uh, well, I was more interested in getting the sports broadcasting, you know, sports news, uh, ESPN, anchor stuff. Um, even if it was a network, you know, just, just doing sports, you know, on the nightly news. Um, and then after I graduated, I did my internship at a small ABC affiliate. I think it was a, a 172 market and um, did everything except make a demo reel. I mean, I ran the teleprompter and uh, wrote copy, edited tape, shot B-roll, everything except do a stand-up. So I had nothing to demonstrate any type of talent I thought I might have. And uh, after the three months of working for free, they weren't hiring and thankfully i didn't get a job offer because i probably would have got stuck doing the same thing and yeah. uh, i just stayed in stayed in baseball and and uh it wasn't until probably i think about 2003 uh i was in boxing in 2000 and 2003 i believe or 2004 i had an opportunity to do uh, a tv show with golden boy with oscar de la hoya called the next great champ which aired briefly on fox for about four episodes, uh, but it was enough for me to be able to quit my job as a sports writer and editor and photographer at a small newspaper and uh, and give, you know, announcing full-time, you know, a true effort. Um, and, you know, it, the rest is somewhat history. It hasn't been completely feast. It's several times of famine and and, uh, and struggles and what the heck am I doing and I need to get a real mm-hmm. job and I did that too and tied rebar and dug ditches and poured concrete, you know, anything I could do with a bachelor's degree, I, I couldn't get a freaking job, you know, I couldn't get a real job. So um, really just God, God, I believe, just made the way for me, you know, to to be where I am. Um, and that's that's where my faith lies, you know, with him, it's, it's, uh, it's never led me astray, you know, and I feel a better man for having my faith than, than uh, living by my own uh, so-called moral compass because I struggled with that too. Um, but, you know, I, I feel blessed to be, you know, where I'm at today um, in doing what I get to do in the capacity I am. Um, I don't seek any any limelight or, or praise anywhere. I don't have a social media, so you won't find me saying stuff about this or that because my opinions are, <laughs> are pretty much my own and who the heck would want to hear them anyway. So I just say to myself, uh, I love being a dad and a husband and, and being the best me that I can be and not worrying about what anybody else has to say about it. So if you like me, you don't, it doesn't matter because I won't find out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you put it that way. And I love that you said that, you know, who would even, you know, these are my opinions and who would even care anyway. Like, it is so funny to me that when you do watch the news, it's like, here is this singer and this is what they said on whatever social media app it's like who cares like at the end of the day are they helping the situation no then it doesn't matter like none of these things that like are anybody says really matter at the end of the day and then like we like to just now live in a cancel culture of like oh you didn't support this or oh you you know are in support of this how dare you it's like okay they have different opinions why why is that a problem 
Yeah. No, it's it's become such a toxic environment, you know, that whole he said, she said type of deal that's going on in the world. And, and you know, I'm I'm not in it just for that for that reason primarily. Um, you know, we keep what I do pretty private. You know, my friends uh, know what I do, but people I meet don't. If they recognize me, then we talk about it a little bit, but then they understand that I'm just a regular person like them going to the gym or, or going to the grocery store. You know, I don't get approached, you know, often at all, which is pretty nice. So I'm in my own obscure world, too. I'm not retired yet, but I enjoy that piece. And, you know, if I had my way, I would live up in the mountains of Georgia and I would be at peace. That's where I found my most, you know, solace environment was just being in the mountains in Georgia or being in the mountains. You know, I have some property in Northern California I inherited from my grandfather um, that uh, he purchased back in the 1950s. Uh, wow. So my brother and I have 44 acres up there, and I like Whoa. to just sit in quiet and and look at the uh, look at the stars, listen to the birds, watch the deer run. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whatever else other wildlife is running around out there, um, that's that to me is is living and breathing, you know. But I also know that God has a purpose for my life, and and that's to be a light and to share a message, a message of hope, you know. So anytime I get an opportunity to to minister to somebody, I like it, and uh, and I like to be ministered to because. Just because, like a lot of people think, well, you're a Christian, you're goody-goody, and, you know, and, you know, there's times that I've you know, failed and I needed to be corrected, and uh, and I appreciate that when someone can just come at me with an honest truth and and uh, and slow me down a little bit, because the world does want to consume you and, uh, and, and help you to step the wrong way, and uh, being not involved in uh, in a social environment online keeps me at least somewhat accountable, you know, because what's done in the dark does come to light. And uh, I like to make sure what I'm doing stays in the light and who I am on the phone or who I am in public or who I, who you think I am inside of an octagon or a ring is the same person you're going to encounter, you know, in any, in any situation. So that's my life goal, my intentions. I love that you said that too, because you, you are putting out, who you are as just authentic all the time. And I do love that you also say that you enjoy being checked because I think a lot more people need to have that check, whether it be somebody else or themselves look in the mirror and say, Hey, you know, have a real talk with yourself. It's like, is this where you want to be? Is this what you want to be doing? Where do you actually see yourself going or is what you're doing now going to help you get to where you really want to go or, you know, even if it comes down to like, you know, physical appearance, like, is this really what you want to do right now? Is the clothes, are they, are they fitting properly? Like, is this really where you want to be and who you want to be? And sometimes we do need those outside sources of reality checks of, you know, that maybe this isn't where I want to be. Or I'm glad this person actually came and said this thing where some people could, yeah, you can get offended, but you can't live in that offensiveness. You have to then 
like, okay, well, why am I offended by this? And then learn from that and then grow from that. Right. No, my, it's funny you say that too, because we, my wife and my kids and I got into that show, This Is Us. Um, and it was, so I, it was over. I, Okay, so I love I love Parenthood a lot, and people have told me if you like Parenthood, you should watch This Is Us. And this is the second yeah. time today This Is Us has came up in my universe. So tell me more about This Is Us because I feel like I need to get into it, but I just haven't. Yet. Well, there's a there's a character on the show, and his name's Toby, and he he mm-hmm. does some quirky stuff. And I look at, it, I'm like, what a dummy. You know, some of the things he would do and say, I'm like, this guy is such a knucklehead. And my kids would always cringe, and my wife would look at me when I would comment on him, and then uh, finally they go, Dad, that's you. And I'm like, and then I had to reassess the whole thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that is me. I do some of that stuff, you know, and I, I do read people's mail sometimes when I, when I should just be quiet and check my own self, you know, and uh, I was like, gosh, darn it, you got me. Because, yeah, sure enough, you know, I find myself often – shaking my head at something somebody does, but then reflecting on it and thinking, gosh, I do the same thing. You know, what, what would people think if if, it, <laughs> if I, they saw me doing that? You know, so it's funny. Sometimes TV, the the, uh, the fiction becomes a little bit of your own reality, and uh, it uh, it opens up your eyes a tad. I do love that that they – there, I mean, so my girlfriend and I are watching Sopranos right now because I've never seen it. And so we're going through yeah. it, and it's it's great so far. Uh, and but there's a lot of times I'm looking, I'm like, oh man, that even still holds up to now. And you could see, like you said, you see yourself in little bits of this character, this character, and this character, depending on what the situation is. And you're just like, man, I'm the exact same way. <laughs> I need to <laughs> not do that. Yeah. Yep. No, there's a lot now, of. That. Now, you said you got on with Golden Boy. How did you go from being a sports writer to who gave you the first chance of being an announcer? Did you kind of just do some local things first, and then you got the chance to do that, or is it just one of those you need somebody and you just happen to be there? No, it's, it's, it, was a, it was quite a process, um, a bit of a learning curve. You know, I didn't just hop into the fight game and, and everything right. happened. I was uh, in high school. I broke my wrist my senior year, uh, mm. so I didn't get to play baseball. And the announcer didn't show up one game, and I said, Coach, let me get up there and, you know, do it. So he goes, yeah, go ahead. So I get up, and I, and I do it, and I had a great time, and, and people commented on it. And, you know, I was like, okay. I kind of had an affinity for it, didn't didn't think that was the capacity I'd want to work in, you know, sitting in a box and, and saying names. <laughs> Um, but it was a path that was already being carved out. And uh, when I got to Cal State Fullerton for my uh, my final two years of college, I was announcing all the sports at the school. I actually walked into the sports information office and I said, hi, I'm Joe Martinez, and I announce sports. So if you ever need anybody, please let me know. And they said, well, what are you doing this weekend? And then that's where it started at Fullerton. Um, and I became the softball announcer. And I did that for 19 years and did the College World Series and toured with the Olympic team. Just just doors started to open up that way for me. Uh, but while I was doing college basketball, the scorekeeper was the uh, one of the inspectors for the California State Athletic Commission, and uh, he really encouraged me. He says, Joe, you should get into boxing. You you do well there. And I said, Dean, I don't know anybody. His name's Dean Loheis. And next thing I know, I got a call from a promoter in uh, in Maywood, East L.A., 
and uh, named Ray Alcorta, and he says, hey, uh, your uncle says you announced fights, and I need a ring announcer. And I said, yeah, I, I announced fights. I knew nothing about what I was going to do. Um, and I said, well, who's my uncle? And he says, uh, Dean. He goes, oh, yeah, my uncle Dean. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so he vouched for me, and, you know, and that's where it began. And I fell in love with, with just getting to do that. Uh, I thought it was super, you know, cool. I didn't, again, think it was going to be a career for me. Didn't plan it that way, you know, and, uh, but lo and behold, you know, it, it was, uh, it was, it was part of the, part of the process that, uh, that here we are today. Now, were, were there some announcers that you kind of were inspired by and kind of also maybe Im- imitated until you really truly found your groove and how you would kind of uh, say and announce things? Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, watching Jimmy Lennon Jr. Um, mm. Him and Michael Buffer were the two that were only the main two in my time. It was Showtime and HBO and and everywhere in between, you know, it was them. So um, I love Jimmy's presentation, his enunciation and his clarity, and that, that matters to me. And I liked Michael's energy, um, mm-hmm. and I felt like I had the, the same type of, of energy, you know, I'd, I'm never going to be over the top. I'm not your in-your-face kind of announcer. I'm just a matter of fact, and here he is, and here's the result, and um, and that's it. Because, you know, in my mind, people aren't paying to see Joe Martinez up there announcing. You know, they're, there to see, they're there to see a fight. I'm not part of a show. Um, I'm very, you know, private, but I'm approachable, and I think that's just the way I, I carry myself and always have. I've, I've been humble. I grew up humble. I didn't have much growing up. Uh, and I saw a lot of hard work happen before my eyes with my grandparents and my own parents and, and the struggles that, that came with it. Um, so I never was able to have more than enough, but I had exactly what I needed. You know, I had a loving family that supported me and in, in my endeavors and, and, uh, and, and that support meant everything. You know, nothing was ever handed to any of the Martinez's or the greens, you know, my, my grandparents were greens and, um, it was it was just a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and a lot of know-how. And I don't like to hire people to do things. Like, you know, I I had a, two houses in Georgia that had unfinished basements, and I got quotes on them, and it was, in my mind, too much money to do. So I learned how to do it watching YouTube for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, and I finished a couple basements on my own. And proud to say they didn't fall down. The house is still standing. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> so... I must have done something right. It's funny you say that my brother, actually, he had, I mean, we both bought homes roughly around the same time. Uh, he's up in Canada. I'm down here in Texas. Uh, and so we've kind of been sharing, you know, being a homeowner and all the other stuff. And I'm lucky enough that my dad is is close by and he's very handy with uh, fixing things and how to do things. Unfortunately, for my brother, my dad is not very close to him. So he has been... Uh, definitely delving down the rabbit hole of YouTube on how to fix things and what to do and what not to do. So he, Isn't uh, it one yeah. of the greatest things? I mean, YouTube is like one of the greatest things ever. Uh, man, I remember when I first heard of it, I was like, YouTube, U-T-U-B-E? Like, no, like you, too. And I said, what? And that just changed my life. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, that's when everybody became superstars. Oh, of course. I mean, you've got a 
kid unwrapping presents and he's making millions of dollars. Like that's just absolutely insane. <laughs> it's a strange world. <laughs> yeah. And on the other end, you have like hot ones where people eat 10 hot wings and, you know, just sweat through the whole thing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I did now, a boxing match in, uh, I want to say, oh gosh, July or August in Nashville, and it was a bunch of YouTubers fighting on the zone. And it was, uh, and my, I brought my son with me. He's 13 and he goes, dad, this is this guy. This is this guy. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but it was, it was neat though, because there was, there was one YouTuber guy that was sitting out there as a fan. His son recognized him and he called my daughter and he says, Danny, this guy's here. And she goes, Oh my gosh. So I got on FaceTime with my daughter and I went over to the fella and, and uh, I said, hey, would you mind saying hello to my daughter? And he says, oh, absolutely. So she gets on, and I have no idea. And uh, and she's like, you helped me through so much just with your words of encouragement on your channel. And, you know, and it made his day, which wow. you know, makes my day because it made my daughter's day. And uh, it was it was super cool, you know. And like it or love it or hate it or don't, but, I mean, there's some really good, genuine people out there on YouTube that, Mm-hmm. That, uh, that are bringing good messages. You know, of course, with everything comes toxicity, but for, for that fellow, I mean, he, he earned my respect that night and, and I appreciate that. You know, when you're doing good for, for kids, that's huge. You know, yeah. you're building people up instead of breaking them down. And yeah, that, it matters. I think that's, that needs to be brought more to light for people than obviously the toxicity because it's easy to talk about the negative and the toxicity things that are happening in the world. But I don't think enough people spend enough time on the good things that are happening in the world because at the end of the day, those are going to, you know, help you through far more than the negative stuff is. The negative stuff is going to pull you down. All that positive and good stuff is going to bring you up and and motivate you to be even better and be uh, hopefully spread that good news and positivity to other people. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Now, you you mentioned that you really enjoyed the the you know making sure you articulate the, the names and everything, and you have the unevitable task of announcing some of rather complicated names. Now, just even looking at some of them, I'm will make your head explode. Do you have a certain method for getting the pronunciation correct and to not mess it up? Phonics, bro. Yeah, I write phonetically. Um, audio files help. You know, uh, with UFC, we're we're quite uh, blessed with that because um, Heidi Dean, who is one of our um, producers, she um, she actually sits with fighters and, and she'll have them record their names. Or John Gooden will do it um, in in pre-interview stuff, and and we have files of every single fighter that ever comes on a card. So. Doesn't matter what the name is, when they say it, you get it. But we, we can't always agree on what it sounds like. You know, it might sound different to, to, uh, Anik and then Fitzgerald than it sounds to me and, and vice versa. Um, but that's, that's pretty much how I do it. You know, I, I get the, uh, that pronunciation from them. And then we, uh, hopefully do it right. And those are the two things that matter to me most, though. It's how I say their name and how I say the town that they're from. Because I know oftentimes the town matters a lot more than the way you say their name or how you say it. Yeah, this is true. 
yeah, because they're representing that town. So, you know, Absolutely. it's not just them. It's everybody that is, is in part of that town. Right. Yeah. Now, what all is on your cards whenever you are uh, announcing a fight? And what happens to those cards afterwards? I usually just bring them home. I don't do anything with them. I might throw them away. I I don't think I've thrown anything away, actually. They're they're somewhere. I used to give them to TJ DeSantis um, when he worked with me at Invicta. Um, You know, and I guess he appreciated it. I don't know. Or what he did with them. I don't know that either. But, hey, you want my cards? Yeah, I'll take your cards. So you take them. Um, He might save them. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't hold on to much of anything. I was thinking this the other day. I'm like, of all the fights, I, w- I wonder how many fights I've done. A thousand? A thousand oh, yeah. cards in my career? I don't know. Maybe 500. Um, but it would have been neat to keep a log of everything I have done throughout the years just to, to reminisce a little bit. But I don't, I don't spend too much time in the past. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward and I'm in the present with my, my family and, they could care less what I do. Dad just, dad's just an announcer and they meet some, your dad's so cool. And they're like, okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, dad does. Well, he didn't, well, he didn't get me this, so he's not that right. cool. He didn't take me here, so he's not that cool. <laughs> you know, does your dad read bedtime stories? See, how cool is that? No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Does he announce you when you get out of bed? We get up in the morning. No, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. No, he's he's dad. But why would he do that? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just dad. He's just yeah. a regular guy. <laughs> yeah, he's nobody special. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's mean you mean the guy with the bad coffee breath in the morning? <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy that takes me to school and, and leaves yeah. me with, with all those crazy people all day? Yeah, <laughs> thanks thanks a lot. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you don't really look back, but when you reach certain goals and, and goalposts, you're always obviously progressing and you're moving forward. Do you? How do you kind of process that? Do you kind of take it in as it's happening, or is it one of those things that maybe – you go through the night and then later at night, whenever, you know, because everybody is back at a hotel room by themselves at the end of the night, you kind of look back on it and be like, man, that was kind of, that was really cool. Or if somebody maybe brings it up later, you kind of think about it then. I think when it's brought up, um, and, and it probably more recently was the, um, I was actually talking to my daughter about this today. Um, I'm like, I don't know why, why he wants me to go on his podcast because it's, Anybody who wants to know anything about me can go on a podcast and, and hear the same questions asked to me, and I'll have the same answer every time. Um, but I am actually enjoying this conversation with you because it's it's not that it's not yet yeah, a typical. Uh, how'd you get started? You know, it's the same, that's my same goal is to is to not have the exact same questions everybody else does. And I thank you so much for saying that because I hate listening to the exact same podcast over and over and over again about the same questions. Every time, you know, if you want to know that stuff, go listen to somebody else's podcast. I, I, my brain works in a different way, and I have 
all these other random questions I want to ask. So, like, yeah, all that other stuff yeah. bores me. Yeah, I, I think to answer your question, though, um, I, I I was very um, in tune with the TKZ Holloway fight in Singapore. Mm. That one struck me as one of my favorite moments in sports, you know, that I've been a part of. Just the the, the atmosphere and when Zombie came out to his song and the whole crowd oh, singing, I was just goosebumps, man. And I wish I could just box that up and relive it over and over. Of course, I could turn on the TV and, and pop it up on YouTube somewhere or something. But that was one that I just I couldn't wait to talk about. I couldn't wait to tell my wife about it. And, and you know, I I played a video over and over, and she's like, that zombie song was in my head all day. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> Wasn't it so good? And she's like, no, because I can't get out of my head now. And um, but it was so cool. I mean, the the way everybody responded to that and just to to feel that energy was was mm-hmm. unlike any any moment for me, you know. And I know other people have felt greater moments than that, but for me, that was a, that strikes a chord of of joy, you know, in, in my career. That I I just wish I could box it up and access it you know emotionally every time because the feeling at the moment you know it's it's like a high you can never get that that feeling back again that same exact feeling of the initial your initial reaction uh but yeah it was super special really happy to be a part of that that's so awesome yeah uh, watching yeah watching his last fight was just one of those because you know uh, i think around the time he was really becoming who he was, I was like, you know, I had gotten in a little early, you know, right around the time GSP was on his, you know, just epic stretch of just being, to me, the, you know, everyone's going to have a goat conversation, but to me, it's, he's the goat because I think of his stretch, like him and Silva at, the, at that time was just like two of the greatest fighters on the planet and they were just completely dominant. And then, you know, on another level, you had the Korean zombie coming up, and he's the first person to ever have the twist submission, which I had never seen. Now there's only been two other recorded uh, submission victories that way. And, like, you know, it was never anybody saying his actual name. It was always the Korean zombie, and that was it. And, like, that's who he was. He had the coolest uh, logo and merch that anybody had at the time which the fact that there's still not better merch for MMA fighters still blows my mind. I just don't understand it. I just, I don't know if I ever will. Uh, I've been a pro wrestling <laughs> fan my entire life and they always have the best merch. And I just don't know why there's not more merch better for MMA fighters and boxers. I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Management. We got to take it up with the biggers, the big guys. Well, I just don't think, I mean, they don't want to pay fighters. They're not going to pay artists. So I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Tongue in cheek. <laughs> exactly. Now you you've been immortalized in MLB the show '06 and '07. What was that experience like? Like, and how did you get to be a part of that? Uh, I asked. I, I oh. well, I offered. I offered service. They were up. Um, they they did the whole thing in San Diego, um, mm. and they were they were shooting some B-roll crowd noise or audio B-roll, however, whatever you call that stuff. Um, just pulling that in. And I said, Hey, you know, if you, if you need a voice, I'd be happy, you know, to help you out. And they said, okay, well, lo and behold, I got a call 
And um, they said, can you come into the studio? And I said, sure. And you know what? Honestly, I think they paid me 500 bucks. And I just sat there for a few hours and, you know, said a couple things. You know, it, it wasn't a big deal. It, it was cool right. because I'm in the game. Um, but I only did it that for that 06 season, and then they ran it again in 07. They used me again. I was like, cool. You know, and and my question was, hey, do I get paid again? Right. <laughs> another five hundred bucks. You know, I got gas money, bro. Gas money in a in a in a per diem. But um, now it was it was just an opportunity that you just never know. You can throw it out there if you can use it. Yeah. Great. You know, and that's with anything. You know, don't be afraid to ask the question because the answer one hundred percent of the time when you don't ask is going to be no. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's what why we're we, here right now. I think Gretzky said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, be bold. That's why we're here. Stay humble, yes. but be bold. People are so afraid of rejection that, you know, you have to embrace rejection. It's like, okay, well, maybe not right now. It's a no now, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be a yes later. So you well, just got to always. in rejection, honestly. See? I mean, the. My my career started in rejection. It was I was uh, you know playing soccer and we shared a locker room with the basketball team and they'd be coming in uh, after after our game they're coming in to change to get ready for their game and I would announce them as they came through the door just messing around you know <laughs> number twenty three Cardell Jordan and then the coach comes walking in and the head coach for the Aztecs and then I said his name and he's man you should announce our games I said yeah I'd love to and he said go see the athletic director so I go see him and his name is Mr Edwards and. I said, Mr. Edwards, coach told me to come in and see you. He said he wants me to announce the games. Absolutely not. We will not have a student announce anything. You're no, not going to happen. And uh, that was my first taste of of uh, no. You know, in 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 chasing something that I thought would be cool. You know, doing that gig. Um, but heck, if I had listened to him and became a forest ranger, I'd be living in the mountains by myself, <laughs> watching over the forest. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be announcing trees and uh, other creatures that are out there. And I'd probably and I'd probably be happy, you know. I'd probably be happy, but it's okay. It's okay. What's supposed to happen will happen, you know, God's will. And um, it's it's been a fun ride. I love it. You know, it's what I do. It's not who I am. And um, you know, my kids will tell you that, you know, right away. You know, my 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 dad's not who you think he is when he's at home. He's, <laughs> he, he cooks dinner, he takes out trash, he mows the lawn, he does everything everybody else does. You know, I just have opportunity um, that's a bit different in my career than, than most people. And, and yeah, it's it's a bit of a, of a glorified position, and that's why I call myself as a glorified name caller, because um, really <laughs> anybody can do it. It's been proven that anybody can do it. There's, there's nothing special about me that's that's better than anybody else. Um, it's just, I got, I got picked, I got the opportunity to do it. So mm. I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and I'll ride it as long as anybody wants to hire me. There you go. Well, I mean, you do have something over other people and it's the non-fear of public speaking. So that is, there's the old Seinfeld bit of if you're at a funeral, you're most, most people would rather be in a box than giving the eulogy. I'm probably in that position too, though. If you, oh, really? If, if I'm being honest, I do not like to to speak to a small crowd. Um, I get emotional. Um, mm. 
when when I talk about somebody else, you know, I, I've had to I've done eulogies and and I'm a wreck. I'm an absolute wreck. I've I've prayed for people on their deathbed and I'm an absolute wreck. I've been with their family during you know somebody's passing and I fall apart. And, and I'm supposed to be strong and giving an encouraging message, and I'm just <laughs> you know, falling apart <laughs> on them. And, and I'm just I'm so apologetic um, because I feel that pain. You know, I, I've experienced you know my dad's last breath. I experienced my grandpa's last breath. I was there for those moments, and I know what it's like. And not saying it's the same for everybody, but my emotions take over in those moments. And it's very difficult for me. And I warn them, you know, uh, our DJ at, at UFC, AL3, um, Albert, he called me. And he says, my mom, she's passing, you know, and she passed earlier this year. And he, he calls me and he says, Joe, would you just pray for me and pray for my mom? And I said, absolutely. So I did. And, and I said, Albert, I'm, I, I've got to apologize to you because I'm going to get emotional. And he says, it's okay. And and then And then she passed away and he comes home and he goes, Hey, I got my I got my whole family here in the in the hospital room and and uh would you just would you say a prayer for us? You know, my mom's gonna pass away tonight and, and I got the family here and I said, I said, Albert, bro, you know what's gonna happen? He says, Joe, it's okay. He says, I love you. He's like, You're you're like a brother to me and 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 I know you're only sharing your pain with me. You know, my pain, you know, we're sharing that pain. And I said, okay, man. And, and sure enough, you know, I, I held it together for a minute, and then I'm all, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. And, uh, but it, it, it's a special moment. You know, I think a lot of people see death as, as an end, but really it brings people together, you know, and, and, um, to share in that, in that love and those moments of, of loss is really gain. You know, you can really be fulfilled in those moments too. So, I don't, I don't ever want to become callous to those situations either. You know, and and be very passive about it because it, it matters to somebody. It, it matters to somebody, and I want to, I want to share in that. I want to share in joy, and I want to share in in pain. That that's so awesome that you you're open to sharing that as well because I know a lot of people would probably. You know, try to. I mean, you, you talked. You mentioned it earlier that you are. You're. You know, who you are on an everyday basis is just who you are in the public light as well. And you, I like that. I love that you just opened up and shared that with us all. Well, two people know me better than anybody. That's my my wife and uh, my best friend. And um, and he knew. You know, when I did his dad's eulogy uh, a couple years ago. I said, bro, you know, this is going to be hard. He goes, I know you're going to fall apart and then you're going to pull it together. He says, just get it out of the way and then we're going to do this, you know, and it's going to be fine. And and it was, and I did. And, uh, you know, we got through it and, and got to enjoy uh, each other's company because th- those moments are, are few and far between when you become an adult and, uh, you know, and when you grow up with somebody and, and their parents are like your parents, you know, obviously you're going to feel that, that hurt and that loss. Um, so it, it, it probably could have been a stranger and it would have been the same thing for me. <laughs> Just <to volunteer. laughs> Uncontrollable breathing and sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the definition of ugly crying. Yeah. I try not to make those faces. <laughs> Hand over face. <laughs> yeah. The John Cena, I, you can't see me. <laughs> 
sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife, she knows too, you know, when I was telling her like, Albert wants me to pray for his mom and his family. And, and I said, I'm going to fall apart. And she already knew and, and she helped mm-hmm. me through it. And, you know, and, you know, it matters. You got to have, you have to have a staple in your life. And, and my wife is my staple. She's my, she's my, my strength and my weakness. You know, God's my strength always, but you know, my wife is my, my present and, uh, and my gift. And I just want to honor that and, and make sure that I'm, I'm carrying myself the right way. You know, I've failed, not, not perfect in any way, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it makes life easier when you have that partner in your life that can pick you up when you're down and exalt you when you're high and, but keep you humble and, and vice versa. And, you know, she's, she's always been that for me in our, in our worst and in our best. And I, you know, just have a, an unending debt of gratitude for her and, and her heart. She's an, an amazing, tremendous uh, woman that, uh, she deserves the best of everything. I want to just make sure she has that. That's awesome. How did y'all meet? She messaged me on on uh, MySpace. Oh. Yeah. She didn't know anything about me. I think uh, she just maybe saw a picture and she said, "You have such kind eyes." <laughs> and I, was, <laughs> I was like, "You had me. You had me at kind eyes." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just it, for me. It was like, oh my gosh. You know, I was just, I was struck. You know, she really, she had me from that moment. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've pretty much been together since. We, we talked online for a, probably a month, talked on the phone for a couple months, and then we finally met in person on, uh, December 24th. Just, she was an early Christmas gift for me years and years ago, almost 18 years ago. Wow. And, uh, and here we still are. Here we still are. Hang in there. The, I, I mean, it's cliche to ask, but what's the secret for 18 years? Uh, it's her. It's not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I'm> a, no. <laughs> she, I think the secret is, uh, you know, you have to have a foundation. And, you know, we, we struggled for, for a good bit of years with that. Because we we met on a party premise, you know, it was to go out and, mm. and party and have a good time, and and then the kids came along and it was like, well, the party's over for her, but not for me, so I'll be home later, right. you know, and and it, we really had to fall apart to be put back together. And uh, mm. in 2012, when we got saved and we started committing our time, you know, to to the Lord and and changed our whole trajectory because you know our path was destined to fail you know and uh, like many marriages and it's one of those things where you know the the world's okay with that you know well it didn't work out you guys can get a divorce and move on and you know according to to our belief is no um we're not going to we're not going to get a divorce we're going to we're going to fight through this and we're going to we've got to do something different so we opened up the book and and got involved in our church and and uh and started, you know, pushing forward through that. You know, there's a lot of hurt and pain, you know, throughout our our time together that we dealt with and and still deal with today, but it's just knowing how. It's like, how do you fight? You know, is it the end of the world when you guys throw down, you know, verbally? You know, you say things you don't mean? Or or is it like, hold on, let's take a breath and and reassess the, the situation here? 
and uh and how can we do this better? How can we be a better example for our kids? You know, teach them how to how to struggle but not fall apart either. Um, you know, what what kind of fruit are we putting out there or, or what are we seeking? You know, and early in my career I was I was a Twitter Twitter guy and a Facebook guy and and I liked to hear people say things to me and you know, and it just wasn't good. Um you know, and, and, and a profound statement my wife once made was, these people love you, but if you weren't doing what you were doing, would they care about you? If you mm. tomorrow stopped announcing, would they even care? You know, you would go away and someone else would come along. But one thing that's going to stick is going to be us. You know, your family's all, always going to be there. And, you know, it, it makes so much sense because it's, it's a cruel reality. You know, you're you're loved by the world until you do something that doesn't please them, and then you're outcast. Yeah. You know, you're or or you just you're insignificant. But your family's not going to treat you that way. You know, there of course it could happen that way. You can completely exile yourself uh, from them, but that's a choice. You know, every every action's a choice, and every choice has a consequence. So if you make good ones along the way, you should be okay. And you're, you're going to be in some, some sticky situations, but again, still got a choice for that action. I love that. So true to be, I mean, we even talked about it earlier. Just the moment you do something people don't like, all of a sudden they turn the back on you like it's the easiest thing in the world. Right. Yeah. Now you've touched on it, but a couple times, but not really put it out there do you see yourself retiring anytime soon is it something that you see yourself going uh the vince scully route where you know you're going till the wheels fall off uh do what do you see yourself how does the future look for you uh i mean that that really isn't up to me you know Hmm. I, i believe it's in god's hands and you know, if if I'm to keep doing this for, you know, 20 years, 30 years, I, I mean, geez, I'd be 78 years old in 30 years. You know, I know Michael Buffer ran until 78. He's turned 79 this month. And I don't anticipate going that long. Maybe I'm not going to even venture to throw a number. Right. You know, I'm just going to go and roll with it. And, um, we're, my wife has put together our retirement, so we're, we're preparing for that and, We've invested in, in a couple properties that, you know, if, if we have another pandemic, we can go hide, you know, or something. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I, I love what I get to do. Um, but it does wear my family out. And yeah. thankfully I've been able to, to take them along with me. I took my son to Boston last week and he did it, went to a show with me and my wife to Costa Rica this last weekend for a show and, you know, we'll go to New York this week for some boxing. So I've, I've been able to do that. Um, the compensation, you know, allows for that here and there, but it's not every time we get to do that. Uh, but that's why we moved to Vegas. You know, I've, I've become a bit of a magnet to the apex, and, and I appreciate that. So we made a choice, you know, last year to, to relocate uh, from Georgia. We're originally from California, but we were in Georgia mm-hmm. for four years. And... um I was very much against it, but you know what? It keeps me off a plane, and I get to go to my son's football games on Saturdays, and then I can go to work right afterwards at the Apex if I'm working that night. Or we're in California, we take the motor home down and and uh, and stay for a long weekend. And 
and just enjoy that time. So it, that's what matters right now more than, than anything is, is, you know, we have uh, two, two older girls that are out of high school and on their own. And we have, you know, two teenagers that, that are impressionable and, and vulnerable and, and we need to stay present. And, um, you know, that, that impact that parents have on their life, on their children's life is, is so significant because if you're not speaking into their life then somebody else is, and it could be the wrong message. And, you know, we've encountered those moments too. And we just, we know we need to be together, um, through most every situation. You know, we need to bounce things off each other and, and know our kids need to know that mom and dad are, are, are uh, available for, you know, difficult moments and, and good ones. You know, if I'm missing my son's game and he has to call me and tell me about it, I feel terrible because I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so. That's, that's amazing that you are so present for your kids. And like you said, they're going to remember that years from now, not as much as dad was announcing this fight. Dad was out doing this fight. Like, they're going to remember, like you said, if you're not there for your son's football games, the fact that he's going to tell you what happened as opposed to you seeing it and then you guys having that conversation. Or, you know, if your daughter does have situations, so instead of her turning to a YouTube person, she turns to you and asks questions and asks advice. So I love that you say that you guys make sure you're there on a regular basis. Yeah, well, I know my wife's been there every day, you know, and, and yeah. with me, the, the last few years of, of crazy chaotic travel, I've, I've just been absent and, and, um, and it, it affected them to a point I didn't even realize. So we had to make some adjustments and, and I feel like we're in, we're in a really good place now. We'll, we'll never be perfect and in, uh, in any regard, but you know, our, our kids at least have us both together and, and that matters. My parents were always together and, even through chaos, but, um, I always knew where they were. I always knew when dinner was, <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> it makes a difference to have some routine. We're still, we're still kind of a mess, you know, when it comes to that, we don't have any set dinner schedule. It's not dinner at six and be there. Or you miss out. Yeah. It's, it's like, sometimes it's, it's eight o'clock. We haven't eaten yet. Okay. I'll run to in and out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we just, time just gets away, you know, it, real life happens. And, uh, how you handle it, you know, which, which your character in those situations. Um, yeah. So we, we've been blessed for sure. That's awesome. Now I have a segment on the show. I call it the five counts. It's five random questions. You just answer as quick as possible. All right. What would your last meal be? Anyway, so that's going to be a porterhouse 20 ounce. Mm -hmm. Medium rare asparagus, loaded mash or loaded baked potato, probably a sweet potato too, with cinnamon oh. and butter. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I'd probably stop there and then top it off with uh, some uh, strawberry ice cream or a shake. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, if you owned a liquor company, brewery, winery, or coffee shop. Which one would you own, and what would the name be? Coffee shop, and oh, my wife was just talking about this. We were talking about what's the name of our coffee shop? The Secret Place. The Secret Place. Ooh, Absolutely. I like that. That's good. Yeah, because yeah. like, oh, where are you gonna go? The Secret Place. What's that? People want to go automatically. 
what are three things people would not expect about you? Three things people wouldn't expect. Um, I like to sing. Oh. Um, my nickname's Jojo Dancer, but I'm not a very good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, oh, what's one more thing they might not expect about me? I love the mountain bike. That's a good one. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll go with that. Uh, who, who or what inspires you? Um, I'm inspired by good character. It makes me want to be a better person. That's awesome. And what would you tell your 17-year-old self? Uh, get yourself together. Because you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna become a mess and it's gonna suck and you're gonna have a lot of hard times and you're gonna be tested constantly every single day. So get on the right path today so you can avoid those struggles. At least know how to handle them. Sure. Now, if people wanted to find you online, follow your career, support you, how can they do all the things? I'll give you my routing number in my bank account. Yeah, I'm I'm hard to find. I think you found me on LinkedIn, so that's probably the only platform I exist on. Um, I do have an Instagram. I haven't been on it for over a year, so that's kind of – don't even know what that looks like today. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, LinkedIn. There you go. Well, Joe, thank you, have you so much. Very, you have to really look hard to find me, and I, I can truly attest to that because there was a fellow a few years ago who wanted me to be in this Korean movie as a ring announcer called Divine Fury, if anybody ever want, wants to look it up. And uh, he couldn't find any social on me, uh, and he went to our uh, Anchor of Hope USA uh, ministry website that my wife and I had, and uh, he messaged that website, and my, I'm out mowing the back two acres in Georgia, and, and she goes, hey, this guy reached out. He says he wants you to be in a movie, and I was like, how did he find me? And she says, he emailed me on Anchor of Hope on the website. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I talked to him. He goes, man, I couldn't find you anywhere, and I wasn't even sure if this was you. I said, well, it is, so what do you need? Let's do it. And, uh, yeah, that was cool. But, yeah, that's about it, John. There's, I mean, that's not a bad thing, you know, uh, Living your life actually straight from the source as opposed to through a screen is, I think, a far better way of living life. Yeah. I enjoy connecting with people, and, and I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation today and and uh, hopefully many more down the road. Fingers crossed. Next time I'm in Vegas or you're in Texas, we could definitely make something happen. I'll be in Texas this week or next week. Wait, when are we going? December, December 2nd in Houston. Everybody tune into the zone for Ryan Garcia and Oscar Duarte. Some boxing for you. Boom, there you go. Joe, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'll let you get back to building that gazebo, and you can then uh, just enjoy the, the loveliness that is your backyard after that. All right, brother. Thanks, John. You got my number to in touch, and it was great talking to you. Take care, and, and all the best to you. Thank you, sir. You too. All right, buddy.
Thank you so much to Joe Martinez for being on the show again. What a fun conversation that was. I cannot wait to actually have a full on conversation in person and uh, for hours, you know, hopefully not days, you know, because again, we have things to do. But for hours indeed, uh, I can't wait to go out to dinner with that guy and uh, just uh, just talk things up. It's going to be a fun, fun deal. Speaking of fun deals, make sure to sign up for that newsletter. It comes out twice a week. You get more information about our guests. You get fun facts. And you can find out what's happening with your favorite podcast, all about beer, coffee, booze, and bruisers. Speaking of which, definitely make sure to follow us on social media. It is B-R-E-W-S-E-R-S-P-O-D on the Instagram, the threads, and the Twitter. If you want to send us an email, it is bruiserspod at gmail.com. And... If you want to follow me personally, it is Rody John. That is R O D I E J O N. Rody John is the name on the Twitter and on Untapped. Find out what I'm drinking. Maybe we can have a beer together. Uh, only in February because it's dry, dry January. So uh, we'll we'll wait. But uh, if you want to follow me directly on the Instagram or Threads, it is official Rody John. And if you want to send me an email, it is Rody John at gmail.com. So until next time, make sure to enjoy life, drink local, and cheers. Mm-hmm.